does the Word of God say about abortion? In the Bible, were David and Jonathan homosexuals? And how can I make my children come to church with me? These are some of the questions raised by our listeners, and today I'll be posing them to our pastors for discussion on this episode of Ask a Pastor. If you have any questions for our pastors or any feedback or comments, the SMS hotline is 9868004. Do log on to 107fm.org for more information about Ask a Pastor and to listen to the archived episodes. And let's welcome our pastors today. I'm going to begin from my right today. Shake it up a little bit. <laughs> Hello, Pastor Ben. Hello, good morning, everyone. Pastor Tia Hong. Hi to everyone. And Pastor James. Hello, everyone. This morning, I'd like to invite Pastor James to say a word of prayer for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we continue to discuss about our understanding of you, Father, open our minds and our hearts to understand and receive your spirit. And may we continue to, in our discussion, bring glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This is Ask a Pastor. And our question for this morning is, what does the Word of God say about abortion? Is it a sin to abort because of rape? I think the, what the Bible says, what the Word said is, it doesn't say anything directly about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything on abortion, uh, like saying this is right, this is wrong. Um, but I think the discussion of abortion is very, very wide and very big. I think the discussion will have to encompass when does life begin. Because mm-hmm. the Bible is clearly against murder and, and, and killing uh, with intention to take away life. Uh, and Bible clearly says that only God has the right to take away life. Mm-hmm. And so, so when does life begin is the discussion. Um, ethically, right or wrong to take away, if it, for example, if it causes harm and, and endangers the mother's life, is that uh, time to take away the life of the baby? I know in terms of um, rape, just rape as, as, as a general discussion, Rape in itself is not a good enough reason to get rid of the child. Because the, the rape is the crime, but it, the, the, the result of having a life doesn't... It will cause emotional burden. But at the same time, uh, certain research have shown that, that the child actually helps with the healing. When the parents mm. are able to accept the child, they uh, get to accept and deal with the rape. Uh, and and, and uh, other research on the area show that if the the mom actually aborts the child, actually the guilt deepens. Mm. It's only not, not only the shame, guilt of being raped, now they've got a part that they took away a life of a kid. Mm. So, so it's actually better for the mom in many cases to give birth to the child. Um, what happens to the child afterwards is a, little, a whole different study. Um, most, more, more often than not, the child is given away for adoption because the, the reminder of it. But to take away life is a totally, an entirely, totally different thing. So, mm-hmm. so, so that is that, that discussion. Ethically, to take away a life because of a father's sin it should not be paid upon a child. You know, that, mm-hmm. That's my, my view on the point. Um, murder, uh, and people are like, oh, you're saying abortion is murder? Uh, I think murder is the intention to take away life. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so. I mean, murder is when you premeditate it, right? Premeditate, when yeah. you do that, yes, you know, in a way. I mean, sound very strong in this, but I believe a life is innocent. And we shouldn't mm. decide the life for it. This is, this is what I think 
not considering other complications that's involved. Mm, because this is, after all, a very multi-layered yeah. topic and it's very, very different There's from person to person. Yeah. I mean, on the radio right now, we can only be as generic as we can, Correct. right? So, I mean, we speak about in generic terms, yes, the Bible says murder is wrong. Yes. Uh, yes, there can be research that has shown that there can be healing that comes from it. Sure. But, Again, it is very subjective. And I think no one person can say yes or no. I think if, if someone out there, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right. but if someone out there is facing and struggling over this issue, I think it's best not just to rely on the a radio, one radio program. program. To, yeah, yeah, but to really seek uh, professional correct, and spiritual correct, correct. counsel. Right. Yeah, especially yeah. If, if, you're, if somebody who's listening who wrote in because you're currently struggling with this issue, mm. Do not take what we say and make a decision from that. You need to mm. talk to a person who can talk to you about your specific situation. Mm. And that's why I kind of worry about, you know, talking about this. And because we don't have a lot of time for mm. such a big topic, we, we only can talk about certain principles and mm. that is not sufficient to... Mm. to yeah. yeah. To add on to what James has said, uh, I agree with what he said that two wrongs don't make one right. Mm. So the rape is a wrong, but abortion itself is a wrong. Mm. And most people who ask this question, they know it is wrong. However, there are some complications such as rape, incest, or even when the mother, when you want to choose between the mother or the mm. child, the mother's mm. health is at risk. How, however, there's a statistic that says over 95% of abortions today are for people who simply do not want a baby. Mm. It was just an accident. So probably much less than 5%, they, they abort because of different reasons. However, we should remember that what, what, what the Bible talks about, life, the value of life. Are we to be able to take control of whether a life should be born? For most cases, even for the difficult 5%, abortion should never be the first option. Mm. And for, I think even for rape, Pastor James has, uh, has talked about it, for medical circumstances, I think... Even for that, God can produce a miracle. But this, like you have said, has to be done with much prayer and discussion. Mm, and, and much counsel also. And much counsel. Yeah. And I think this is a delicate topic. However, mm. the general advice is always against abortion. Mm. Well, just to add up, just one more line. And um, Tupas has brought up really nice from the point of view and also with the, the limitation of time. Uh, there was just one story that I have um, heard from my professor saying that the mother conceived and the uh, ultrasound shows that the baby is not uh, normal with the mm. deformation. So they were thinking whether should abort or not abort or things like that. But they mm. kept praying and praying and they asked God and finally they took the decision to give birth. Mm -hmm. And it came out a uh, little abnormal, mm -hmm. but at the end it all turned out well. So as human as possible, I think uh, very hard to say, very hard to say, mm. very hard to make the decision. But I think uh, with prayerfully, spiritually, mm. you know, all those with the counsels and the experts, mm. I think we should uh, consider that. Yeah, Not to take it lightly, of course, yeah. Yeah. I, I would put a caveat on, on on the fact that none of us here have walked that road, mm. right? None mm. of us have, have to face the decision of, uh, you know, a, a child that potentially might have some medical issues and you know, or, or the con conception of a child under very traumatic circumstances. I think none of us having walked through it cannot say for sure. But I think at the end of the day... Um, F judging from what I'm hearing from the pastors is that there is other options mm. 
but at the same time also, a lot of counsel goes into it and a lot of healing. I, don't, I, I think it's not just a matter of, okay, this is what God says and therefore I will do it and I'll blunder through it all the way. But there has to be a support system. I think, I think it's important that people find their support system, their spiritual support as well as professional support to be able to you know, get through whatever that trauma or whatever that, that uh, you know, challenge can be. I think especially if a child is you know, potentially having to face medical issues, I think all the more you need support of an entire, like, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child, right? Yeah. Okay, so with that, we'll take a little short break and a little reminder that if you have any comments or feedback for our pastors, so if you would like to speak with them uh, and share some of your private concerns, you may text them at 98680004. And uh, if it's uh, something that you want to share quietly, then uh, let us know on, on the SMSs that you want to contact them uh, privately and we'll make arrangements for that. So once again, the SMS is 98680004. Did you know that history has proven many of God's predictions true? Be amazed by prophecy and what God has to say about your future. SMS your name, address, and the word Bible study to 9868004 or log on to 107fm.org and click Bible study. listening to Ask a Pastor and our website is 107fm.org right there you can access uh, podcasts of Ask a Pastor as well as all the other programs that we produce here on 107fm and if you would like to sign up for our Bible Correspondence courses you can do that too online at 107fm.org Our next question is Were David and Jonathan gay? In 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26, it says David's love for Jonathan was deeper than the love of women. Pastors? I think it's very straightforward that the fact that there was Bathsheba means that he's not gay. <laughs> At best, he's bisexual. <laughs> right? The fact that he lusted and, and committed the crime and mm. went as far as murdering the husband of Bathsheba, mm. he, he can't be gay, right? He can't be gay. Um, and, and I think that the, the, the thing we must do is to not make a doctrine out of one verse. Mm. It's, it's very dangerous to make a doctrine out of one verse. If we do that, we extrapolate, we try to apply our own understanding of the world and we force it back into you know, ancient Israel and we make it, see, that's just the case. Um, you will see a lot of weird things if you look through the Old Testament. You have people swearing oath by putting an old man's arm under their thighs. Mm. I will put no man's arm <laughs> under my thighs if I want to make them swear oath. Now, there's different practices that we don't understand, and especially we're not Jew, we're not ancient Jews. Mm. Um, and the love there, uh, it'd be easy if the love was a different word. If the love was a word that we could look at and say, ah, that doesn't mean uh, uh, mm. men and women love. But the word is the same. It's oh, even in even achef, in achef. Oh. and the word is. Same. God uses the same word when he talks about I love you. Mm. In, in, in Hebrew, there's not many words for love, but the love word is very, mm. many, has many meanings. That's because I was hoping it yeah. was a different type of love because I know they have like agape love. That's Greek. And, oh, Greek has okay. one word for each meaning. Hebrew has one word with 15 meanings. Mm. And that, that is the challenge of uh, trying to just, oh, it's just it's this word, but it's not. But the word consistently used is used between lovers, mm -hmm. God and man, and brothers and brothers. So, it can mean any of that, one of the three. Uh, it has appeared many times. And so I think then we have to look at the whole story. You know, the 
both Jonathan and David were married, mm-hmm. and both of them, and David had a problem with lust, and that's continuously lust over women, and mm-hmm. that's continuously being brought out. And so in that context, he, the interaction of Jonathan and, and David, I would say this is like a bro, you mm. know, a, a, a mate. Who, like what they call these is bromance. Yeah, bromance <laughs> to the extreme level. Right? Mm. They, they would give their life on one another. And there are people today who are in, 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 in serving in the military, serving in different in the sports, mm. that they would give their life to one another, but doesn't make them gay. Um, and so I think it's very clear. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think this is a case of trying to twist the Bible to suit someone's perspective. own perspective. It's like saying, God created all plants for us so we can take weed and all this thing. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wow, that's, the, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually very illogical to read uh, homosexuality into the story of David and Jonathan because you can see throughout the Bible mm-hmm. that homosexuality is always not affirmed. It's in fact condemned. Mm. And like Pastor James has said, David was married even to Jonathan's sister and he had a few other wives and his biggest sin was with Bathsheba. And so we all know about this and we have to be careful. And I think what the Bible was endorsing was a model friendship Mm. or a model of love. And the Bible says it's the greatest of love is when you can die for your brother. Mm. It's so sacrifice. It's sacrifice. And mm. it's the same love that God has for us. Mm. And I'm sure when Jesus was on earth and the disciples and many, many of the patriarchs and prophets, they had love, brotherly love with other people of the same gender as well. And I think it would be very narrow-minded to view love as only a love of marriage but mm. love is greater than that it's bigger than that mm. I think in this context right here in this verse it says uh, and your love for me as was deep and deeper than the love of woman I think uh, many times we look at this verse and whenever we heard about this love of woman of course like humanly possible like you know husband love uh, the, the you know that kind of love of woman but it, it doesn't mean that when you say you, more than the love of women, that has to go with the connotation of oh, this must be gay. Mm. Uh, you know? So, so you, we just have to be very uh, careful right here, I think, in translating. Just now, Pastor James also mentioned that can't take one just line and say that, oh, uh, it's going to be... This is what it means. This is what it means, yeah. yeah right that. So also, like just now, Pastor Chao mentioned that uh, God created all the vegetation, so <laughs> take weed. So, so I think it's coming back to the context right here. What's happening here? You know, Jonathan and David, uh, they, they grew up together and uh, they mm. have a the very good bonding in between. And, and uh, uh, that they even dare to give their own life for one another. Okay? Mm. So, so it doesn't mean that, okay, this love is more than a woman. I mean, it, it shows... It shows a very strong, authentic friendship in between these two. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, we are to love one another like that, in fact. Mm. And, and, and that's kind of love is a true love where you would dare to die for that person. Yeah. And, and that's uh, many times God uh, demonstrate his love for, for us in that sense. Who would die for us, who would give their own life, risk their own life to mm. save us. So this shows to the uh, this shows that the, the level of love, what you call it, that, that you know, mm. must be 
that kind of love in 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 our friendship, mm. love of God. And I think for David, to him, probably he's saying that David's love for for women was more of sexual, mm. more of lust. Mm. Whereas yeah. the love that they that he has for Jonathan transcends that. Yes, one, transcends the physical. One is selfish love. Well, one is selfish lust. Mm. Love is not selfish. Uh, selfish lust where you get benefits. The other one is selfless love mm. where you sacrifice for one another. Mm, mm. I like that. Okay. On that note, we'll take a quick break and uh, have a quick message. If you have any questions or comments for our pastors, once again, the SMS number is 9868004. Jesus once said, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Our Mountain Movers volunteers meet once a week to pray for you and move mountains for you. SMS the word prayer space your request to 9868-0004 or log on to 107fm.org and click prayer. This is Ask a Pastor on B107FM. The SMS hotline is 9868-0004. Our final question for today is... I pray that my children will come to church with me, but they don't come. What should I do? Pastors? I really feel for this mother or pa- parent, parent. who is yeah. worried about the, the, ch- the child. I mean, uh, most parents want the kid to be in church. And mm. that's, that's a very noble desire. And uh, I could feel the pain of just worrying about them all day and night. But I think I'm, I'm going to make a guess here that if the child is at a stage where you have to struggle with making them go to church, I would assume that they are over 12 years old. They're mm. older, they're teenagers. They, they can make their own decisions. Yeah, because I'm saying if it's a child, you can make them go to church. No problem. Just make them get I in mean, the car. I mean, if they're five years old, you can just put They'll them in the car. They'll go with you, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it's more of a teenager. Mm. A teenager. Mm. And uh, a very wise mentor of mine, uh, his name is John Tan, who is in charge of the children at risk. He says there's a, a part of the, the ch- teenager's life that parents can no longer make them do anything. Mm. And you just have to be there to watch them walk the tightrope by themselves. But you have to be the net, the safety net that, that catches them when they fall down. I think a lot of the things but that... What, what, if, what if you have a parent and they, to them they see that the child... To, I mean, we say it's a tightrope, they're going to tip over. They, they're afraid the, the, that they, they're not, they're not exactly. going to reach the child fast enough. And then that's, that's the thing. You have to be there right at the bottom to catch them. Mm. I think the, the, the challenge is for the parent to... The, the temptation for all parents, and I can't say much because I don't have a teenager, a kid yet. Mm. The temptation is to go in there and prevent them from falling off the line. But uh, what, I, what I've learned is that the pre- when you prevent them from falling off the tightrope, mm-hmm. you actually you, you prevent them from growing to the men or women they're supposed to be. You actually mm. stunt their growth. It's not about the falling off that is the main problem. Mm. It's about hitting the ground and smashing onto the ground. That is the problem. So you have to be the safety net. Allow them to fall. So the, 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 the goal is not to not let them fall, mm. which a lot of parents want to do, but to allow them to fall, catch them, bring them up and let them walk again. So, so, so what does for, that mean? For, the, for, for Christianity, mm. I would put it back into faith. If you have not been able to, you know, over the years, if you've brought them to church, faithfully display model God and Christ at home, and yet they have chosen to struggle with their faith, I want to remind the parent that struggle is not wrong. Mm. Struggling with the faith is not wrong because 
after you struggle, this faith becomes real. It becomes theirs. They're no longer grandkids of God. They become child of God. And, 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 and then the challenge is you need to, parents, need to reflect upon ourselves. Have I displayed God at home? Because mm-hmm. if you have brought them to church, but yet caused, because studies have shown one of the greatest reasons teenagers leave the church is because of the double standard they see in their parents. Mm, the inconsistency. The inconsistency. I, I don't want to judge this, this parent who is calling, mm. but I'm saying this is one of the problems. They see the church. They see the church you present to them. They mm-hmm. see the faith that you tell them, but they don't see it in your life. Mm. And that's something they don't want to have. Right, because it's not authentic. It's not authentic. It's not real. It's, if that is Christianity, I don't want anything to do with that. That mm. could be one of the problems. Uh, another problem it could be that, that they are just going through questioning, the questioning phase. They're asking about God. They don't want to go to church until they, they believe that, that it's something worth investing in. That's okay. Let them ask the question. If you don't let them ask the question, mm. you force them to obey you. In a teenager, you're doing teenage years, you can still kind of force them to go to church and they may mm. turn up and I have a friend who, who forced his kid he says as long as you stay in my house you come to church mm. the moment they hit 21 disappear all three moved out wow so that that was not worth it you know not worth mm. it so it's almost as if they're biding their time until they have independence yes. and, and they I don't do to, anything they grow to hate it even more because it's like I'm forced to come here mm. the frustration the an- antagonism they, they just don't like it right mm. and so instead allow them a, a time of conversation uh, communication and a lot of the question, and it could be always say, oh, why don't the church do better? The church do better. Um, I think the church, hopefully all churches are trying, but, you know, they see the church for at the most eight hours a week. Mm. They are in the family 24 hours, seven days a week. Mm. You can do more to show them God than the church can. The worship is, oh, the, sh- the worship is not teen friendly. <laughs> That's half an hour. <laughs> yeah. But if they come to love God, they come to love who they worship, the worship style doesn't matter. In mm. fact, a lot of the young teenagers in the United States and Australia have gone back to church which are traditional mm. because it's brought back memories of their, their happiness of childhood when they were brought up. So, so these are all things that we, we should need to watch and, and look at um, you know, and allow them to, the growth journey. Just be there by the side, which is a struggle, very hard thing for parents to do. But, and I myself went through that journey and I thank God my parents allowed me a time to discover Mm. And, and question and my, my dad's a pastor and for him for his son to not go to church his church is a greater pressure than any other parent would face mm. you know and so but he allowed me to do that and because of that I was able to look at this faith uh, and then ask questions about it struggle with it and finally come to accept that this is real and it became mine and now my dad don't have to worry about me anymore no, I'm, yeah. I'm going to church by myself <laughs> on my own yeah. and, you're gonna, and you're influencing <laughs> other people hopefully yeah. hopefully yes Okay, I would like to assume that the children this person is talking about mm-hmm. are more grown up, maybe teenage yeah. years, maybe mm-hmm. even older. Because when they are young, that's the time when you, like James said, show, help them, to lead mm-hmm. them, to show Christ's character to them, to help them to, help them to learn more about God, about faith. However, through the influences of the world and through ma- m- many different ways they have left the church, so how do you get your children to come to church? Of course, you have mentioned, the listener have mentioned that he, he or she has prayed for the children. Mm. I would say one thing, continue to pray. Mm. Mm, intercede for them. Continue to intercede for them. However, there's a saying that you can't force the horse to drink. Or you can drink. lead the horse to a, to a river, but you can't force it to drink. Yes, but what you can make it drink is to 
that the horse licks some salt. So oh, I didn't know that. Yes, the <laughs> horses like to lick <coughs> salt <coughs> salt blocks. So mm. when they lick lick it, they will become thirsty mm. and they drink it. So you have to look for salt around. What do I mean by that? There are some people who who can help your children, mm. whom you think will make good friends for your children, and they are suitable. They are very open-minded. They they want to lead people back to Christ, but they know the correct method in leading people. In get let them get them to know each other. Mm. That's one way. And look out for maybe events in the church that are more social, more harmless, and say, hey, there's this trip mm. we are going to eat durian in Malaysia. <laughs> Do you want to go? There's this karaoke night. Do you want to go? Mm. There's this parenting seminar. Do you want to go? Mm. They say, okay, it's okay. It's not some religious thing. Okay, let me go. See? So these this things are solved that will help mm. them to slowly connect back to the church. And it's also leaving doors and windows open, right? Yes. Because they may not want to walk through it, but at every point in time, they still have an opportunity. It's there. The door is open. Yes. It's always there. And as mentioned many times, <coughs> nev- never force. I think it's a rule that we have to be very careful about. Never force your children, hey, I don't care if you come back to church with me. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, what you're doing, God hates it. You know, you you get judgment from God. You go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. Of course, sometimes you say that out of concert, but in a person's point of view, you are condemning him. You are judging mm. him, and you are making him feel even more negative about the church. So, two main practical tips. One is to pray, continue praying for the person to look for the salt that make him want the living water, mm-hmm. and also I would like to do, conclude with something that might sound depressing that at the end it's up to the person uh-huh. however God will make every choice every way possible to lead the person back to back mm-hmm. to him and this is something that we as friends as parents we have to play a part as well mm-hmm. and that we become the open doors and not the hammers that knock them on their head mm-hmm. All right, I think uh, two parts has shared really a uh, uh, good insight <laughs> on that. Uh, just on the last uh, last part of it, I just want to add: um, um, when your kids are young and they come to church, and uh, maybe it's due because uh, of we we force them or things like that. But I think it's one of the good way for them to be in the church and continue to come in the churches to have their peers, their 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 their, their Playmates and together, if they if you attend that kind of church and they they like it there, so that is one thing that that will continue to help them to go to church. And secondly, also uh, after giving salt, like what Pastor mm-hmm. Chahel mentioned, and uh, I think uh, it would be nice and it would be very helpful for them to stay in the church if they have something to do in the church in the ministry part, like serving in one of the so-called ministry in that area, that area. So if you engage them into those ministries, even young they may be, they can do something. So they have that kind of responsibility in their hearts and minds. So going to a church is not just go there and simply sit and listen, and no, but they have a role to play and a, a, a contribution that they make as they go to the church. And I, I'm sure if we can find some of those opportunities for them to involve in the church, I think that will help them to stay in the church longer. 
Thank you very much, pastors. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of Ask a Pastor. I'd like to invite Pastor Ben to say a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we want to thank you for this great opportunity. We pray that uh, listeners out there, you will continue to bless them and guide them. Whatever struggle that they may have, Lord, may you intervene and guide and lead them as they trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you haven't yet uh, started listening to A Quick Word, I encourage you to do so. It's every weekday mornings at 7.30am. Our whole stable of pastors are sharing from the Word of God every morning. And we hope that through this program, you'll be able to get a good start to your day. This has been Ask a Pastor. If you'd like to send a message to our pastors, the SMS number is 9868004 and the website is 107fm.org. Thank you so much for listening.